Church, as you open up God's Word with me this morning to the book of Exodus, we want to give thanks. We want to express thanks to God for His provision through a difficult season for Pastor Slavic and our sister church, Danku Hope Baptist Church in Moldova. You know, God is aware. God sees. He knows our needs. He's at work and He is providing. And today, as we open the Word, as we open God's Word, I think we'll be reminded of God's presence, His constant presence, and His provision for His people. We're in the book of Exodus. We've been journeying through this portion of the Bible and we are now immersed in the particular instructions that God gives His people through Moses for the building of the tabernacle, the sanctuary where God will dwell in the midst of His people. And so as you find your place there in Exodus chapter 25, uh, let me invite you, as is our custom here, to join me standing, whether in body or in spirit, for the reading of God's Holy Word. Let's hear from the Lord today. Exodus 25, and I'll be reading verses 23 through 30. Let's hear from God's Word. God says to Moses, he says, make a table of acacia wood, two cubits long, a cubit wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold and make a gold molding around it. Also make around it a rim, a hand breadth wide, and put a gold molding on the rim. Make four gold rings for the table and fasten them to the four corners where the four legs are. The rings are to be close to the rim to hold the poles used in carrying the table. Make the poles of acacia wood, overlay them with gold, and carry the table with them. And make its plates and dishes of pure gold as well as its pitchers and bowls for the pouring out of offerings. Put the bread of the presence on this table to be before me at all times. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning we thank you for your word, and Lord, we express our dependence upon you, our belief in you, our desire to hear from you. And so, Lord, speak to us now through your word and through the proclamation of your truth. Guide us now the presence and power of your spirits. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so as we are reading along here, as we enter this story once again, we are immersed in the building of the tabernacle, God's house among his his people now no house no building no structure no place can contain the presence of the almighty god church god is omnipresent meaning that he is present everywhere at once he's present in multiple places at the very same time but he chose according to his plan according to his purposes according to his will god chose to dwell among the Israelites in a special way in this tent where he would meet with them. God was teaching them. He is teaching his people how to know and enjoy his presence. And he's teaching them how to portray his plan of salvation to the people, to the nations of the world. Now, what in the world does this gold-covered table, of which we just read, have to do with that? Well, like the Ark of the Covenant that we Examined last week, like the Ark of the Covenant, the table of the presence shows us the holiness of God. And so once again, here we have an article, of a, a, a piece of furniture that God tells Moses to instruct the people to build. It's going to be in this sanctuary. It's going to be in this tabernacle, in this tent of meeting where God is going to reside among his people. He says, overlay it once again with pure gold, signifying God's worth, his value, his significance. 
But this particular table is not as holy as the ark, for it was further removed from the particular location where God would dwell in the tabernacle. The ark was in the most holy place, separated by a curtain from the holy place, which housed this particular table. Now, one of my uh, most favorite memories as a child is going to my grandparents' house. I used to love, as a kid, going to Pa and Granny's house. And I remember any time that we went on the weekend and we stayed over on Sunday, attended church, there on Sunday afternoon, Granny would always uh, cook this incredible Sunday lunch. I remember loving uh, to have lunch at Granny's house. But if I said to you, there's no place like Granny's table, you would know that I'm probably not describing uh, the significance of the table itself. I probably am not I- indicating that I'm impressed with the wood or the design or the legs or the tabletop. But you know that I'm probably communicating that I love what happens in and around or on Granny's table. The family gathers together. There's food spread across the table. We eat until we're full. And likewise, the significance of this particular piece of furniture wasn't the table itself, but it was what was put on the table. The table held various plates and dishes and pitchers and bowls, all made of gold, as well as 12 loaves of sacred bread. The plates held the bread. The dishes held incense. The pitchers and bowls were used for pouring out drink offerings to God. We have a couple images of what this table uh, looked like, but here you can see this little table, this little coffee table with uh, made of wood with gold uh, plates all around it. You can see here the various dishes on top of the table in this picture, and you can see the, the loaves of bread stacked up on the table. The whole thing was about the size of a small coffee table, about three feet long, about 18 inches wide, and about 28 inches High and like cookies that are left out for Santa Claus, people in the ancient world would often put in, put food in their sanctuaries for the pagan gods to eat. Now, unlike Santa, the gods wouldn't actually eat the food, but nevertheless, uh, they wanted to make sure that their gods were provided for. Now, it's important for us to note that this is not what is happening here with Yahweh, with the living God. The, the one true living God doesn't need our help doesn't need us to provide for him. In fact, in the words of the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17, he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. And so the bread on the table was not food for God, but it was a reminder of God's constant provision for man, more specifically, his provision for his rescued people. You see, as basic food, the bread signified dependence upon him, representing God's providential care for his people. And as believers, this ought to lead us to recall Jesus' words in his famous prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us what? Give us this day our daily bread. Now remember that this tabernacle was to be a portable sanctuary where God would dwell among his people. Therefore, as such, it was a place of worship. It's a place that was about worship. God was teaching his people how to know him and how to worship him. This table functioned to remind his people, it functioned to remind Israel that God was her provider, leading his people to worship him with thanksgiving for his provision. And church, the same must be true for us. Since God provides for us, our worship ought to always include thanksgiving. 
Since God is the one who provides for us, who takes care of us, who gives us all that we need, our worship must include thanksgiving. This is part of the reason that we gather on this day. Part of the reason that we gather week after week, time after time. We come back together. We come together certainly because it's the right thing to do. And we come back together to to sing praises to God and to hear from Him and to gather with His people to fellowship and encourage one another. All of these well and good, but our worship must include thanksgiving to God. We come with gratitude for who He is and what He has done for us. The furnishings of this sanctuary were meant to teach God's people about worship about how to be in relationship with him and even though our worship no longer takes place in a tabernacle because the son of god has come down and he has tabernacled among us paving a path for sinners to draw near to the holy presence of god we still learn we still learn church principles of proper worship from god's instructions for the ancient tabernacle We learn from the table that God invites us to depend on him for everything we need. God invites us, he invites his people to to depend on him for everything that we need. The bread on the table was a standing acknowledgement that Yahweh is the one who provides, the one who gives us our daily bread. So God says to Moses, put the bread of the presence on this table to be before me at all times. So the bread on the table, the bread on the Lord's table reminded the priests and the people of God's constant provision that He is the one who gives their daily bread, that He is the one who sustains life. It doesn't symbolize a gift to God, but constant provision from God. Friends, this God knows our every need. He knows our every need. There is absolutely nothing that you need today or any day of which this God is not already aware. He knows our every need. So in this particular story, God has led a mass migration of one million plus Israelites out of slavery, out of generations of slavery in Egypt toward the Red Sea, knowing full well that he would have to part the waters for them in order for them to survive. He has led this people into the desert, teaching them to trust him by providing manna for them from heaven, quail from the sky, and pure water from the rock at Horeb. And so God and God alone was making sure his people knew without a shadow of a doubt that they could depend on him for everything they needed. The words of Philip Ryken and In case the Israelites were ever tempted to doubt God's providence, the bread on the table reminded them that their needs were ever before him. God saw what they needed. Their needs were always on his mind. And church, God was not just aware of their needs. He knows our every need. He knows your every need. He knows exactly what you need. He knows if the cancer has spread. He knows if there are bills un. Paid. He knows if there are broken relationships. He knows every need that you have, every need that I have. God knows our every need and He constantly cares for our need. God constantly cares for our needs. He cares. He knows and He cares. And the bread on the table was to be before God at all times, reminding Israel that He sees and He cares. And because he sees and because God cares, his people must worship him with thanksgiving. Meadowbrook, the God of Moses is the God of the church. He is the only God 
There is no other God. Aren't you glad our God doesn't stand aloof? Doesn't stand detached and distant, ready and waiting to pounce on any and all who cross Him, but rather He stands eager to provide and sustain and lead any and all who will surrender to Him. Have you surrendered to Him? Have you acknowledged Him? Are you trusting in Him? Is this God your God? Are you depending on Him for everything you need and then giving thanks to Him for all that you need? Since God provides for us, let's be a people, church, who express gratitude for God's provision. Let's be a people who express gratitude for what He has provided. Expressing gratitude for God's provision. The immediate application of This text, for some of us, may be a prayer of confession. God, forgive me for acting as if I am the one who provides for all of my needs. Father, forgive me for not acknowledging your provision for me today. Express gratitude for God's provision. One of my favorite holidays is Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I love gathering around the table. You probably think I love to eat. I do love to eat. And how good it is that we have a holiday that reminds us to give thanks to God for what He has provided for us. But how much more so we ought to give thanks to God day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour for all that He provides for us. This is, this is why we pray before we eat, right? Simple gesture, simple tasks, simple conversation of gratitude to God. One of the joys of parenting is teaching our children to pray. First, it's little trite prayers that they memorize. God our Father, God our Father, we thank you. We thank you for our many blessings. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food, right? But eventually, we we want them to learn to say their own prayers. We, We want them to learn to express dependence upon God and gratitude to God for his provision, his basic provision of shelter, of food, of clean water, of pure water, Power, certainly this week, we're thanking God for Alabama Power and Birmingham Water Works. We're thanking Him for these good gifts and provision that He provides for us. The Bible instructs us, in fact, to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The table reminds us to express gratitude for God's provision, but not just His provision. It also reminds us to express gratitude for God's presence. Express gratitude for God's presence. You see, in the tabernacle, the bread on the table not only symbolized God's provision, but it also symbolized God's presence. Of course, this was the overall purpose of the sanctuary, this structure that we're reading about. Overall purpose of it in the first place. Moses, have the people make a sanctuary for me. I will dwell among them. But even more specifically, in the words of one scholar, this table announced he is here. God is here. And here as the one who gives sustenance. Once again, perhaps an application of this text is that we ought to confess our sins before God, not recognizing his constant presence in our lives, his desire to be with us by his spirit as believers residing in us acknowledging His presence with us, thanking Him for His constant provision. 
in presence among us as a God who will never leave us nor forsake us. God was coming down to dwell among his rescued people. He is Yahweh Yira or Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. Yes, he provides food for the hungry and he provides water for the thirsty and protection for the vulnerable. But his presence and provision extends far, far beyond physical nourishment by satisfying the very deepest longings of our souls. The greatest need of our lives, the need embedded in us by our maker to know him, to know him and to worship him and to be in relationship with him. Friends, God invites us to know and enjoy him as our God. He invites us to know and enjoy him as our God. That's what this whole tabernacle system with priests and sacrifices is all about. So God tells them, make plates and dishes of pure gold, pitchers and bowls for the pouring out of offerings, offerings. The Israelites would then give to God in order to live in relationship with the holy God. God would be their God. They would be his people. He would provide for their needs. He would dwell among them to teach them that he was their greatest need. Friend, do you know that God is your greatest need? It's your greatest need. We all have needs. We have daily needs. Certainly, we need food to survive. We need water to survive. We need shelter to survive. But our greatest need, our deepest and most lasting and greatest need is for God himself. Do you know that God is your greatest need? In fact, Moses would later tell a new generation of Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said, God humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Church, God was inviting his rescued people to know and enjoy him as their God. And the bread on this table, the bread on the table of the presence, was arranged with two stacks of six loaves. One loaf for each tribe of Israel, a picture of God's commitment to his people, his commitment to all of his people, to every tribe of his people. And every Sabbath, the priests who were responsible that week would, would come into this holy place and they would replace the old bread with fresh bread. And in the process, they would eat the old bread in the sanctuary as a picture of fellowship with God. Now we know when two families share a meal in your in their home, it's a special occasion. It's a special thing. It's a sign of friendship and fellowship, something that in our Western culture, many of us have got away from, and even more so now with, with the pandemic, a practice that we need to resume. To deepen relationships with neighbors and loved ones and family members and church family members. To eat in one's home is a special occasion. And likewise, to eat in the tabernacle area was to eat in God's house, so to speak, to eat in his presence. An expression of fellowship and friendship with God. And so by eating this consecrated bread, the priests were practicing their dependence on God for daily bread. But even more so, they were enacting the relationship that God desires to have with his people, the fellowship he wants with all of his people, the fellowship that he offers us in his word. Brothers and sisters, God invites us to know and enjoy him as our God. So let's be a people who feast on his word. Let's feast on God's word. Don't you want to know God? If God is real, if he is who he says he is, 
If He is who the Word says He is. Don't, don't you want to know this one? Don't you want to know the Almighty Maker of heaven and earth? Don't you want to know Him? Feast on His Word. He has made Himself known to us. Feast on God's Word so that you might truly know Him. So that you might know Him. The Creator and Sustainer of all life. The Sovereign Ruler over all life. The God who just is. The holy and righteous and true one. The consuming fire that came down. The one that told Moses, hey, go and build a tabernacle for me. I'm coming down to dwell among you. He came down to camp to commune with his people that they might know and enjoy him as their God. Do you know God? Friend, do you know God? Is he your God? Are you in relationship with the Lord God Almighty who made you and who sustains you. Friends, how much more so has this very same God who descended at Sinai revealed his love for us and his desire to be known by us by descending in the flesh, by coming to our camp in Jesus of Nazareth, our great high priest, the mediator of a new covenant and the once and for all sacrifice that makes perfect forever those who trust in him. Have you trusted in him? The very same Jesus who said to the crowds, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Jesus, we we want this bread. This sounds good. We want the bread of life. Then Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Friends, feast on God's word. Feast on his word and feast on Jesus, the bread of life. Feast on Jesus, the the bread of life. You see, our needs are not simply temporal. Yes, we need daily bread. Yes, we need regular sustenance, physical sustenance. But we need more than daily bread. We need the bread of life. We need food for our souls, for our souls live on forever. What we really need is God himself. And God himself has given himself to us in Jesus. We need Jesus. So friends, let's feast on Jesus. Feast on Jesus. God invites us to know him and to enjoy him as our God, to know him through his word, to be made right with him through Jesus. So feast on God's word. Feast on Jesus. Feast on the one who was despised and rejected by men. Feast on the one who was a man of suffering, who suffered for you. Feast on Jesus, God's ultimate and lasting provision for you. You may ask this morning, well, how do I feast on Jesus? How do I feast on the bread of life? By acknowledging your dependence upon him and your desire to be in relationship with him. By recognizing your need for him and by expressing your desire to know and to live with him and to follow him forever, by turning from sin and trusting in the Savior for salvation. May the Lord lead you to do so. May the Lord lead us to do so, to depend on this one, Jesus, the bread of life, now and forever. Church, may we be a people who feast on Jesus. Lord, help us to feast on you. Lord, give us a hunger for more of you. Father, lead us to know and to follow after you, to be in relationship with you. And Lord, today we do acknowledge your provision. 
Father, we acknowledge your might. We acknowledge your presence, your comfort. We acknowledge that you are a God who desires to be known by your people. And Father, we thank you that you have made yourself known to us. Father, we thank you for coming down to reside among your people, to live in the camp with your people, to teach us about sin and brokenness, to teach us about your holiness, and Father, to provide a sacrifice of atonement, ultimately through Jesus, your Son, our Savior, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Father, we thank you that now through Jesus, by faith in Jesus, we can come into your presence. Father, that you extend forgiveness of sins to us by your grace, Lord, through faith in Christ. Lord, lead us to believe. Move us to respond. Father, lead us to worship you. For you are worthy. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.